well. Yes. yes. I think uh, we may have to use you again, yes. hon. Yes. Praise God. Let's just come before the Lord in prayer. Amen. Precious Father, we want to thank you. That God, that you are a good God. And Lord, no matter how many times we say that, Father, it never tires, Lord God. We can never tire of saying such a thing, Lord, and it will never wear it out because you are good and you are God. And we thank you that you are a God who is for us, Lord God, that you have not only revealed yourself through the scriptures, but you have revealed yourself via your spirit and through your son, God. And so this morning, Lord, we do pray. That as we gather around your, uh, your word now, Father, as we continue our worship, Lord, we pray that you will just come and minister open hearts and minds, God, that they will be receptive to receive all that you want to say, speak, and whisper to us this day. And we ask, God, that you will be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. And I also want to just add, echo what Becky said about the worship this morning. Just praise God. That's all I can say. Enough said, right? Now, over the years, there have been some seismic shifts when it comes to technology. As once upon a time, there was a shop called Blockbusters. Anyone remember it? Yeah, great shop. But as you know, Blockbusters was replaced by Love Film and the like, where one could just order their video and it would be delivered to their doorstep. But with the rise of internet, Amazon and Netflix are now dominating the marketplace where one can now stream a video of their choice on demand, wherever and whenever. Now, with that kind of tech available, it was only a matter of time before the floodgates of immorality was flung wide open. Because sadly, pornographers have flooded the cyber world with their explicit material. And allow me just to give you a few stats on that. Globally, the porn industry is worth a whopping $97 billion per year. In fact, porn sites receive more regular traffic than Netflix, Twitter, Instagram, and a number of other platforms all put together. And by way of contrast... In December 2017, it was reported that on average, 197 million people visited Amazon.com per month, yet 125 million people were clicking onto a popular porn site per day. In 2018, approximately 5 million pornographic videos were uploaded to the internet, which is enough for 115 years' worth of continuing viewing. In other words, pornography is big business. And because we're living in a broken world, instead of people looking to the creator, instead they are exploiting his creation and his image bearers. And the message that we often receive from Hollywood and the like is that sex sells, that sex is the be-all and the end-all. Such lies. So that said, allow me to present the second installment of our mini-series entitled The Idols of 
the heart. And as you know, the, it has a subheading of money, sex, and power. And as you've probably guessed, today we're going to look at the idol of sex. So you may want to buckle up for this. And so if you have your Bibles with you, then please open up and come with me to the book of Genesis. And we're going to read from chapter 29 and verses 15 to 30. It's the account of when Jacob flees from his brother and is hired by his uncle. And it reads, Laban said to him, Just because you're my relative, should you work for me for nothing? Tell me what your wages should be. Now Laban had two daughters. The older was named Leah and the younger was named Rachel. Leah had tender eyes, but Rachel was shapely and beautiful. Jacob loved Rachel, so he answered Laban, I'll work for you for seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. And Laban replied, Better that I give her to you than to some other man. Stay with me. So Jacob worked seven years for Rachel, and they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Oh. <laughs> then Jacob said to Laban, since my time is complete, give me my wife so I can sleep with her. So Laban invited all the men of the place and sponsored a feast. That evening, Laban took his daughter Leah and gave her to Jacob, and he slept with her. And Laban, Laban gave his slave Zilpah to his daughter Leah as a slave. When morning came, there was Leah. So he said to Laban, what have you done to me? Wasn't it for Rachel that I worked for you? Why have you deceived me? Laban answered, It is not the custom in our country to give the younger daughter in marriage before the firstborn. Complete this week of wedding celebration and we will also give you this younger one in return for working yet another seven years for me. And Jacob did just that. He finished the week of celebration and Laban gave him his daughter Rachel as his wife. And Laban gave his slave Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as her slave. Jacob slept with Rachel also, and indeed he loved Rachel more than Leah. And he worked for Laban another seven years. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now last week, as you know, we looked at the idol of money through the life of Zacchaeus. And if you missed it, don't worry, you can catch it again on our YouTube channel. Because last time, we looked at how Zacchaeus had made an idol of money. But after his encounter with the incarnate Christ, his idol of money was smashed to smithereens and he was released from the grip of idolatry. You see, as previously mentioned... The definition of an idol is something or someone that absorbs our heart and our imagination more than God. It is something from that we give God-like status to and from which we draw our significant security and self-worth from. And should we ever lose this idol? Well, life itself becomes meaningless. In other words... An idol is whatever we look to and say in our heart of hearts. 
If only I had that career, or if I earned that six-digit salary, then life would be complete. But as you know, it's a false reality. Because the moment we receive those very things that we believe are going to bring us true joy, the goalposts move, as it were. Because the heart never satisfied sets its sights upon something else because our desire is like shifting sand. Right? What's more is if we pursue those things with the wrong heart and intention, then those very things will end up controlling us and enslaving us. Which is why the all-knowing, omniscient God, he gives us the first commandment of, I am the Lord your God, and you will have no other gods before me. Because essentially, it boils down to a worship issue. Because if God is not the primary object of our love, affection, and our devotion, then inadvertently we will enthrone something or someone else. And that's exactly what happened to Jacob. You see, before Israel ever existed, God called a man from Iraq named Abraham. And Abraham fathered Isaac, and Isaac fathered Jacob. But let's just stay for the moment with Isaac. You see, when his wife was expecting twins, God prophetically told her that her firstborn, Esau, would serve the younger, Jacob. Genesis 25, 23. However, despite the prophecy, Isaac favored Esau. And so when the time came for Jacob to Isaac, sorry, to pass on his blessing, in defiance to God's word, he intended it for Esau and not Jacob, Genesis 27. However, Rebekah overheard the conversation, and so she intercepted it and put a stop to it, as she instructed Jacob to impersonate his brother. Thus, Jacob received the blessing from an almost blind Isaac, just as the Lord had said. But when Esau found out, he wasn't too pleased. In fact, he wanted to kill his brother, which forced Jacob to flee. Fast forward, and Jacob meets his relatives, namely his mother's brother Laban, and he takes him in. And we will pick up our passage from there. You still with me? Yeah. It is warm in here, isn't it? Now, Uncle Laban hired Jacob as a shepherd. But once he saw his executive skills, he was promptly promoted to manager. But when it came to the discussion of his salary package... All Jacob was interested in was Rachel. Why? Verse 17. Because Rachel was shapely and beautiful. And the Hebrew implies literally that she had the most amazing figure ever. And on top of that, she was absolutely stunning and Jacob was smitten. 
And so, so much so that he was prepared to give seven years worth of his wages for almost four times more than the average bridal price in order to make her his. Wow. And then after seven years had passed, which only seemed like a few days because of his love for her, Jacob approaches Laban and says to him in verse 21, Since my time is complete, give me my wife so I can sleep with her. And according to Hebrew scholars, the Hebrew here is unusually bold and sexual in nature. In other words, Jacob is saying, give me your daughter because I cannot wait to have sex with her. I mean, you would never dream of saying such a thing to your future father-in-law now, would you? No. But the text is showing us here that here's a man who is overcome with sexual desire. And as Keller points out, it's because Jacob's life up to this point was empty. And that he never had his father's love. He lost his mother's love when he was forced to flee. And he had no sense of God's love for him. And then when he sees the most beautiful woman ever, he pins his hopes on to her. That if only he has Rachel, then life will be a dream, as it were. Ever thought like that? Liars. You see, Jacob's inner emptiness made him vulnerable to the idol of love, lust and sex. And Laban was only too pleased to take advantage of him. And so, after seven years of hard graft, as it were, Jacob finally receives his reward. And on his wedding night, Merry with wine, seeing his bride heavily veiled, he lays with her and consummates the marriage. But then, it's the next day, and it's the morning after, and Jacob receives the biggest shock of his life. Because laying next to him isn't the stunning Rachel, rather horrified it is Leah. So Jacob goes to Laban and says, what have you done to me? And Laban replies with, well, you should have known it's not the custom in our country to give the younger daughter in marriage before the firstborn. However, if you work for me for another seven years, then I will give you Rachel also. Wow. Stung. Trapped. The deceiver has been deceived. And Jacob has no other option but to yield and to comply to Laban's devious proposal. What a blow, is it not? Now, how on earth could Jacob be so silly? I mean, it's a schoolboy error. He should have known the rules and the customs of the day. What was he thinking? Well, that's exactly it. He wasn't thinking at all. But rather, he dived right in. 
And like an addict, trying to fill that void and that inner emptiness in his heart, in his mind, he thought that Rachel is the answer and the solution to his problems. And isn't that how often idols work? That if only I get with that person, or if only I, and you fill in the blank, then my life will be complete. You see, the story of Jacob, it isn't that far removed from our culture today. Because many, driven by their sexual appetite, are looking for instant sexual gratification. To the point where even some women today have become more predatory than before. As once upon a time, women were quite happy to wait for Mr. Right to come along. But now, they're happy to settle with Mr. Right Now. Which just leads to all kinds of problems down the line. And even though many are having sex on tap, as it were, with multiple partners trying to find happiness. Yet, they have become even more empty and unfulfilled than before because the truth is the idol of sex it promises much but it delivers very little and it will never truly satisfy because the source of all satisfaction and fulfillment comes from God himself amen now at this point I'd like us to shift gears somewhat and look at another character in our passage, namely Leah. Now speaking of Leah, the Bible says that she had tender eyes, or as other translations put it, she had weak eyes. And some assume it refers to poor vision, but that's not what it means. Because the contrast isn't that Leah has weak eyes while Rachel has 20-20 vision. No. (laughs) Rather, it says Leah had tender eyes, but Rachel was shapely and beautiful. The point is that Leah wasn't very attractive at all. She was probably cross-eyed and unsightly in some manner. And so for most of her life, she lived in the shadow of her younger, model-like sister. And what's more, is that she was probably unwanted by her father, because she would never fetch a favourable bridal price. And now, she is unwanted by her husband. And because of this void in her heart, she also sets up an idol in her Hard. How? Verse 32. You see, she was trying to find her significance and her self-worth via traditional means. Namely, via a son. Because in that culture, to bear a son meant everything. And so, after giving birth to many sons... In verse 32, she says, Surely my husband will now love me. 
Verse 34. At last, my husband will become attached to me. However, it never worked. Rather, with each birth, she was pushed further and further into despair. Because every day, she was forced to look at the, at the man that she most longed for in the arms of the one in whose shadow she was forced to live in every day. And it was tough, I'm sure. But then comes breakthrough. Because in verse 35, we see a shift in her attitude. As after giving birth to another son, she finally says, This time I will praise Yahweh. Hallelujah. You see, previously she had pinned all of her hope on her husband. But once she realized that God is her all and all, she was not only did she receive her life back. But she also received her sanity. Because when God saw Leah that she wasn't loved, he loved her. And he took the girl that nobody wanted and made her his daughter. And Leah finally realized that God is father to the fatherless, husband to the husbandless, and that he is our true bridegroom. Glory to God. And the Lord not only worked redemption in her life, but he also worked redemption through her life to others, including ours. How? Because when she declared... This time I will praise Yahweh. The son born to her was no other but Judah. And as you know, it is through the line of Judah that the Mashiach or the Messiah would come. Glory. And what's more is that it is fitting that the Christ should come through the lineage of Leah. Because he knew exactly what it meant to be rejected and despised by men. Isaiah 53, 3. And he knew exactly what it meant to have no beauty that we should desire him. Isaiah 53, 2. Amen. Amen. And on the cross, Jesus exchanged our rejection for his acceptance and made us accepted in the beloved and in the process he says to us stop looking to yourself or to others for your value and your validation but look to me and be saved Isaiah 45 22 because I am the source of all things good and I am the source of all you need so look to me amen You see, Leah was longing for her husband to cleave to her. And Jacob was looking for validation through having celestial sex with his trophy bride, as it were. 
But what they never realized is that their idols will never make them happy, but instead will bring them utter misery. And I can so relate. Can you? Yeah. You see, growing up on programs like Happy Days and the like, I concluded that the definition of a real man is to be like the Fonz, cool, calm, and collected. That whenever he clicks his fingers, the ladies come running, right? And so, going to college, I put my Fonzie skills to the test. And much to my shame, I went out with several girls, and at some times, at the same time, I know. But I confused love for lust. And when I became a Christian, I brought this player mentality into my Christian walk. But then one day, God said, enough and he rebuked me and as I repented of this sinful mentality and as I humbled myself under the mighty hand of God in his time he lifted me up and he blessed me with the most amazing wife ever and in the process he deconstructed my idol And I came to realize that my value and my validation, it doesn't come from being a Fonzie, the coolest kid on the block. No. But rather, my acceptance, approval, and affirmation, as well as my significance, security, and self-worth, they all come from knowing that I am a child of the Most High God, and that God is my Father, and that I am loved by God. Him. Praise God. And knowing this, it not only disattaches us from our idols, but it attaches us to Him. Glory to God. And so, if like Leah, you are longing for a spouse, then before it happens, hear the Lord say, That you are not overlooked, but you are very much loved. And that he is and forever will be your true bridegroom. Or, if like Jacob, you are placing your expectations onto your spouse, believing that he or she is your be-all and your end-all, then release them today. Because our spouse is not our saviour. And if we expect them to be, it will crush them because only God can carry that weight. But if we rightly place our hope and our expectation along with our dreams and our desires onto God, he will never disappoint us. So cast your cares onto him for he cares First Peter 5, Amen. 7. Amen. Now, living in an age where the porn industry is making billions at the expense of others, creating misery and rewiring the brains of our young people as well as our old, let us, the church, rise up and pray 
that this trend is broken in Jesus' name. And let us pray for those who are trapped in these sorry situations, both producers as well as consumers of this vile material, that both may find freedom and that they will come to know that human exploitation of another image bearer is not okay. Because not only is there a financial cost to all of this, but more than that, there is also a spiritual cost, an emotional, mental, and a physical cost to it all. You see, despite the world calling pornography and masturbation good, the Bible calls it sin. And we are called to holiness. Be holy as I am holy. 1 Peter 1.16 And holiness means being set apart from sin and being set apart to God. Amen? Amen. Now, we cannot always control the media or the movies. But we can control what our eyes see. And as we walk holy... Let us put sex back into its rightful place within the confines of a biblical marriage which, where it is blessed and it is wholesome and it is good. And God blesses that. Amen. And let us smash the idol of sex. Amen. 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 I'm coming into land. <laughs> the sign for you can unplug your seatbelts will be displayed just shortly as we close allow me to finish with an early church father called Augustine who's no stranger to sexual dysfunction and one day as he battles his addiction to lust the Lord graciously delivers him and he recounts there was a small garden attached to the house where we lodged I now found myself driven by the tumult in my breast to take refuge in this garden where no one could interrupt that fierce struggle in which I was my own contestant. I was beside myself with madness that would bring me sanity. I was dying a death that would bring me life. I was frantic, overcome by violent anger with myself for not accepting your will and entering into your covenant. I tore my hair and hammered my forehead with my fists. I locked my fingers and hugged my knees. I was held back by mere trifles. They plucked at my garments of flesh and whispered, Are you going to dismiss us? And isn't that how often pornography speaks to us? Can you say never to me again? While praying... How long, how long, tomorrow and tomorrow, why not now? Why is there not this hour an end to this uncleanness? He goes on. I was saying these things and weeping in the most bitter contrition of my heart. When lo, I heard the voice of a boy or a girl, I know not which, coming from a neighboring house, chanting and often repeating, Tolelege. Translated, take up and read. Take up and read. He tried to remember. 
if this was a children's game or a rhyme. But then he goes on to say, I grasped my Bible, opened and in silence read the paragraph on which my eyes first fell. Not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, and not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Romans 13. No further would I read, nor did I need, for instantly, as the sentence ended, by a light, as it were, of security into my heart, all the gloom of doubt vanished away, and Augustine was marvelously delivered. Hallelujah. Praise God. And as John Piper states, that the way of overcoming the lust of pornography and the idol of sex is that we have to see something more. We have to see something more powerful, more beautiful, more enjoyable, more delightful, more thrilling, more satisfying than masturbation, the internet, the concubine, and the weekend fling. It's just got to ravish us. And as we see Jesus... Through this lens, as the most satisfying one, it is then that we overcome the idols of our hearts. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus. Father, we want to thank you that you are such a good God, that you are the one who pursues us, Father. I thank you, Lord God, that we get tangled so often into things, Lord God, which so easily ensnare us, Lord, and, Father, cause us to slow down in our race and even our walk with you. But, Father, we thank you that there is always grace abundant, Lord God, in your hands and in your eyes. That your gaze is never a gaze, Lord, to destroy us, but it's always a gaze to call us to come higher. And, Father, when we look at the stats, Lord God, that how many people, even perhaps in this room, Lord, who are, Lord, just enslaved by these enslaving things of the flesh... Father, it is quite shocking, but we thank you, God, that there is grace today. And God, we thank you that just as you delivered, Father, St. Augustine, who went on to become a, a great church father, who sorted all the doctrines out for the, those who would follow, Lord God, after would come. Father, as you saved, Lord, a, a one such as him, Lord, there is hope and there is mercy for us. So, Father, we do pray. That blessed Saviour, by the power of your Holy Spirit, God, will you, Lord, amputate those idols in our hearts and in our lives, whatever those idols may be, whether it is money, whether it is sex or pornography or lust or, Lord, cars and coveting, whatever it may be, that my Jesus, 
That God, that you will call us, woo us closer to yourselves. That Lord, that this world will lose its charm, Lord God, and its twinkle and shine. And God, that we will be more rooted in you, knowing and savoring your beauty, your majesty and your glory. Knowing God, that in you there is life. Away from you, Lord, Lord, there is death. Because when we move away from life itself, that's the, that's the opposite, Lord. We find death and But God, we thank you that you have come to give us life and this life in abundance. So Holy Spirit, we just lay ourselves before you and we pray, God, that Lord, that you will just disattach us from our idols and keep us attached to you, that we will abide in the vine, Lord, and know you. So God, we give you praise and we give you all glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, husband.